The following episode of Lyrics of Their Life podcast deals with serious issues such as drug references, sexual references and violence that may be distressing to some listeners. It is not suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Lyrics of Their Life, the podcast that talks about the extraordinary lives lived by those that wrote or performed the songs we know and love. I'm your host Adam Hampton and in today's episode we wrap up the story of Eminem in part 5. From parts 1 to 4 we explored Eminem's upbringing right through to the album recovery as Eminem looks towards releasing his 8th studio album and cementing his place as one of the greatest rappers or hip-hop artists of all time. So if you haven't yet listened to parts 1 to 4, I highly recommend checking them out first. So without further ado, let's get straight into it. This is Eminem, part 5. This is Lyrics of Their Life. After heading into the studio in 2012 and early 2013 to record his 8th studio album, on August 27, 2013, Eminem returned once again with the lead-up single to his new album, titled Berserk. Sampling Billy Squire's The Stroke, the Beastie Boys yelling Kick It from Fight For Your Right, and teaming with producer Rick Rubin, Eminem raps old school style as he reverts back to his slim shady days and takes aim at a new batch of celebrities. The track Berserk went to number one on the UK R&B chart and reached the top five in five other countries including Australia, the UK and US. Following Berserk's release was the track Survival on the 8th of October 2013, which was a moderate success after it was utilised as the soundtrack for video game Call of Duty Ghosts. Just a week later on the 15th of October 2013 would be a track that no one was ready for. This track was called Rap God and would see Eminem profess his claim as the greatest rapper of all time as he raps the line... I'm beginning to feel like a rap god, which is a statement that many appeared to agree with at this time. Eminem backed this claim up himself when he broke the Guinness World Record for fastest rap in a number one single, with 97 words in 15 seconds, which is the equivalent of 6.46 words a second, while it was also a hit single that contained the most words with 1,560. While the rap itself doesn't make a whole lot of sense, the lyrics read, Ah, summer lama duma lama, you assuming I'm a human. What I gotta do to get it through to you, I'm superhuman. Innovative and I'm made of rubber. So that anything you say is ricocheting off of me, and it'll glue to you, and I'm devastating, more than ever demonstrating, how to give a motherfucking audience a feeling like it's levitating. Never fading, and I know the haters are forever waiting. For the day that they can say I fell off, 
they'll be celebrating. Cause I know the way to get them motivated. I make elevating music. You make elevator music. Rap God would peak at number one on the UK R&B chart and reach the top five in four countries, including Canada and New Zealand. The song was met with critical appraisal for his impressive wordplay and ability to spit the lyrics so fast, while still being able to understand most of what he is saying, although it came under some scrutiny for the use of the words faggot and gay, but in his defence, he claims he didn't mean it as a homosexual cuss. Eminem references the Columbine Massacre, the affair of Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky, the desire to induct Run DMC into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and he pays tribute to his biggest influences such as Tupac, Rakim and so on, and how his troubled past with being a school dropout and being a pill junkie has led him on his path to greatness. While he also attempts to prove why he is the best, after Kanye West referred to himself as Jesus in his album Yeezus, and Jay-Z referred to himself as both a king and god in the song Crown. Eminem also references comic book characters in the song, in particular Thor and Odin, as he was quoted as saying, I've always been into comic books. Spider-Man, Hulk, old Batmans, Supermans, mostly vintage Marvel shit from before I was born. Just being able to have those pieces of history is crazy. I would not want to face off with somebody comparing comic book knowledge, but I know a pretty good amount. To this day, the impressive single Rap God has sold close to 7 million copies worldwide. It stands at over 1.2 billion views on YouTube and came close to winning a Grammy only to be beaten by Kendrick Lamar with his song I. On October 29th, 2013, Eminem released the track The Monster, as he once again teams up with Rihanna to produce yet another number one hit. Monster, which went on to fetch a Grammy win for Best Rap and Sung Collaboration, peaked at number one in at least 24 different countries around the world, including across Europe, Australia, the UK, US, New Zealand and Canada, and would go on to sell close to 9 million copies around the world. In the song Monster, Eminem raps about his struggles within himself in regards to depression, the life of fame, drug addiction, and he even refers to his slim shady alter ego as a monster that often took things way too far. The chorus in which Rihanna sings was actually a hook that was originally written by a female pop star named Beeb Rexa, who at the time was going through a rough and dark time in her own life, and when she wrote the hook, she instantly thought that Eminem could put an epic rap to it. Rexa appeared a little disappointed to let the chorus go to Rihanna, but Rexa's vocals can be heard softly in the background as Eminem decided to keep them in there. When speaking about his collaboration with Rihanna, Eminem told MTV News, quote, The perception of the record, what it's saying, I thought it would be a good idea to have her on it because I think people look at us like we're both a little nuts. That's one of the things that I was telling her in making the record. I think that people look at us a little crazy. The Monster would prove to be Eminem's final number one single in the US to this day and his fifth of his career so far. The music video for Monster sees Eminem looking into a mental asylum and seeing his alter ego Slim Shady constrained by a straitjacket struggling to get himself out. 
Various moments from Eminem's career are shown, before the end of the video sees Slim Shady locked away in a cage, surrounded by armed guards, suggesting that Eminem's left that part of him behind, or at least locked away for now. The music video for Monster currently stands at over 840 million views on YouTube. On November 5th, 2013, Eminem released his eighth studio album, titled The Marshall Mavers LP 2, as a sequel to the album The Marshall Mavers LP back in 2000. The album would sell close to 5 million copies worldwide and charted at number 1 in 12 countries, including Australia, the UK and the US. The Marshall Mavers LP 2 would go on to win the Grammy the following year for Best Rap Album, becoming the sixth time that Eminem would take out the award. Despite most of the album being critically praised, it was often compared to the first Marshall Mavers LP and therefore was seen as the weaker of the two. But when speaking to Rolling Stone magazine, Eminem stated, quote, Calling it the Marshall Mavers LP 2, obviously I knew that there might be certain expectations. I wouldn't want to call it that just for the sake of calling it that. I had to make sure that I had the right songs. And just when you think you got it, you listen and you're like, fuck man, I feel like it needs this or that to paint the whole picture. So there's not going to be like continuations of every old song on there or anything like that. To me, it's more about the vibe and it's more about the nostalgia. The album's cover art would see Eminem's childhood home all boarded up and looking quite depressing. Not long after the picture was taken, the house was burnt to the ground around the time of the album's release. It was never discovered who lit the unoccupied house on fire, but some suspect that perhaps Eminem burned it down on purpose. The album's success would see Eminem tie with the Beatles in second place for the most consecutive chart-topping albums in the UK. While Eminem would also be the first artist since the Beatles to have four singles in the top 20 on the Billboard Hot 100. Eminem kept on breaking records and also became the best-selling artist in Canada. While the track The Monster was seen as the most successful of the singles from the Marshall Mavers LP 2, arguably the best and most underrated track released from the album in early February 2014 would come in the form of a full circle type song called Headlights. The beautifully produced song sees Eminem collaborate with Nate Ruiz from indie band Fun, as Nate provides a beautiful vocal that balances out Eminem's raps. Eminem raps remorsefully about the treatment that he dished out that was aimed at his mother over the years in various songs and interviews as he raps the line, I went in head first, never thinking about who what I said hurt. In what verse, my mum probably got it the worst, the brunt of it, but as stubborn as we are, did I take it too far? Cleaning out my closet and all them other songs. But regardless, I don't hate you, cause ma, you're still beautiful to me. Eminem continues on as he raps about how their household was such a toxic place when he was younger, fueled by the pair's anger and rage towards each other, and the time he says he was kicked out of home on a cold winter's night on Christmas Eve, as Eminem raps the lines. But agree to disagree, that gift for me up under the Christmas tree don't mean shit to me. You're kicking me out, it's 15 degrees, and it's Christmas Eve. Then quoting his mother, Eminem raps the line, Little prick, just leave. 
Then Eminem says, Ma, let me grab my fucking coat. Anything to have each other's goats. Why are we always at each other's throats? Especially when daddy fucked us both. We're in the same fucking boat. You'd think that'd make us close. Nope, further away it drove us. But together, headlights shine. Eminem refers to both he and his mother being let down by his father leaving, the many times Eminem would be shuttled off to live with his grandmother Betty, how Eminem felt like he was carrying a lot of weight on his shoulders, being the oldest brother to Nate, and that he got the worst of the abuse, only to realise that when he left home, Debbie wasn't fit to be a parent to Nate either, when Nate got taken away at 8 years old by the state protective services. Nate Ruiz continues to repeat an emotional line throughout the song, which reads, I guess we are who we are. Headlights shining in the dark night, I drive on. Maybe we took this too far. Eminem compares his toxic relationship to his mother growing up by comparing their household to Vietnam and Desert Storm, and he raps the lines, Both of us put together could form an atomic bomb, equivalent to chemical warfare, and forever we could drag this on and on. Eminem continues to express his regret at releasing the song Cleaning Out My Closet, and why he perhaps wrote it at the time, as he raps the line, But I'm sorry mama, for cleaning out my closet. At the time I was angry, rightfully, maybe so. Never meant that far to take it though. Cause now I know it's not your fault, and I'm not making jokes. That song, I no longer play at shows, and I cringe every time it's on the radio. And I think of Nathan being placed in a home, and all the medicine you fed us, and how I just wanted you to taste your own. Eminem then spits one of the most heartfelt verses towards his mother yet, as he comes full circle to apologise to her finally for all he had caused, and that he loves and appreciates her for the good she did do for him and Nate, when his own father couldn't be bothered to be there for him. As Eminem raps the lines, I forgive you, so does Nathan. All you did, all you said, you did your best to raise us both. Foster care, that cross you bear. Few may be as heavy as yours, but I love you, Debbie Mavers. Oh, what a tangled web we have, cause one thing I never asked was, where the fuck my deadbeat dad was? Fuck it, I guess he had trouble keeping up with every address, but I'd have flipped every mattress, every rock, and desert cactus, owned a collection of maps, and followed my kids to the edge of the atlas. If someone ever moved them from me, that you could have bet your asses, if I had to come down the chimney dressed as Santa, kidnap him, and although one has only met their grandma once, you pulled up in our driveway one night, as we were leaving to get some hamburgers, me, her, and Nate, we introduced you, hugged you, and as you left I had this overwhelming sadness come over me as we pulled off to go our separate paths and I saw your headlights as I looked back and I'm mad I didn't get the chance to. Thank you for being my mum and my dad. So mum, please accept this as a tribute. I wrote this on the jet. I guess I had to get this off my chest. I hope I get the chance to lay it before I'm dead. The stewardess said to fasten my seatbelt. I guess we're crashing. So if I'm not dreaming, I hope you get this message that I will always love you from afar, cause you're my mum. Headlights is an incredibly moving song and highlights that Eminem still has the ability to tell an amazing story post-addiction, as some had doubted him in the past. 
he switches back from using an angry and frustrated tone to a more loving and remorseful one, adding to the brilliance of the track as he provides the listener with an incredibly sad insight into his relationship with his mother over the years and the built-up tension that has reached this point. In my opinion, it is his most underrated track of his career and it is beautiful to see with Eminem's head a lot clearer that he does in fact have some respect and love for his mother deep down but with drugs and everything else that transpired between the two, his head of course became clouded and he forgot a lot of the nice things that she did do for him in his life. For example, saving his life when she was the only one to come to his aid when he was knocked out unconscious by his high school bully D'Angelo Bailey as a child and nursing him back to health. Eminem writes the song as if he is writing a love letter to his mother as he is travelling on a plane and fearing that if it goes down, he wants her to know how he really feels about her. When speaking to the media about the song, Eminem was often tight-lipped about it as it was quite a personal song to him. As he told Zane Lowe, quote, It was one of those things that I needed to get off my chest, so I don't really have anything to elaborate or expand on that record, other than everything that I needed to say, I put on that record. The rest of the Marshall Mavers LP2 album sees Eminem open it with the seven-minute track titled Bad Guy. Bad Guy acts as the long-awaited sequel, or in Eminem's view, a revisitation to his character Stan, as Eminem now raps about Stan's crazed younger brother Matthew Mitchell, who has now grown up to take revenge on Eminem for Stan's death. As Eminem was quoted as saying, To me it's more about the vibe and the nostalgia. While the interesting song Rhyme and Reason sees Eminem take aim at his father once again. The term rhyme and reason refers to something with an absence of sense, which Eminem relates to his father's abandonment of his family when they were younger. The track is yet again one that often doesn't receive enough credit, as Eminem very intelligently talks about how his father took off, and he utilises a sample of the Zombies 1968 song, Time of the Season, with Zombies member Ron Argent stating, I actually loved it. I love the way he takes words and phrases from the original record and then spins off of the particular phrases. It kicks him off onto an avalanche of funny wordplay and invention. It's very amusing. It's a waterfall of words and the associations just keep coming. The track Legacy sees Eminem rap about his childhood and how he came to be a recluse and introvert as a child and remain the same later into adulthood. Where he raps the line... I used to be the type of kid who would always think the sky is falling. Why am I so differently wired? Am I a Martian? When speaking to Rolling Stone magazine, Eminem explained that he hopes to leave a legacy behind to misfit kids like himself and that he too once looked up to similar rappers, but look where he is now. As he said, quote, I always try to make my music relatable to the kid who people said he ain't shit or bullied or whatever. It felt like one of them self-empowerment songs. Everybody, I believe, wants to show the world that one day I'm going to be this, one day I'm going to be that. Everybody has goals, aspirations or whatever, and everybody has been at a point in their life where nobody believed in them. Like if you haven't been kicked or whatever, if you never went through tribulations and shit like that, then you're perfect and fuck you anyways. So everybody has been in that place where they have just been counted out or not even counted. Like you don't matter. Oh yeah, I'm gonna show you. 
So it was about incorporating that idea into the idea of my legacy, into what I leave behind when I'm gone. And I always looked up to other rappers for the words that they gave me. There's many, many songs that got me through a lot of shit. The hook in the song Legacy is sung by Russian female artist Polina, who gives off similar vibes to Dido, who featured on the track Stan, with the sound of rain streaming down in the background, once again paying homage to the nostalgia of Eminem's earlier work. Eminem claimed that the rhyming words also follow a pattern, as he said, quote, That's just one of the things that I do to try to challenge myself. I wanted to try to make a whole song where the rhyming words never changed. During the song Legacy, Eminem mentions the time that he was bullied by D'Angelo Bailey as he continues on with this theme in the song Brainless, as he details the tough days of being bullied until now, where he is one of the best MCs of all time, as Eminem attempts to inspire the misfits. The Marshall Mavers LP2 would see Eminem come to terms with many things he had regrettably done in the past, like in the song Headlights, where Eminem apologises to his mother. In the song Stronger Than I Was, Eminem also apologises to Kim for all the turmoil that he caused the two over the years. Eminem raps and also sings during the song from both Kim and his own perspective and he admits that he doesn't know what Kim saw in him in the first place and why they just couldn't make it work for the kids. In the upbeat track so far, Eminem samples Joe Walsh's life's being good and raps about how he respects his home city of Detroit and how it made him who he is today and he references how bad he is at using today's technology such as social media. On February 20th, 2014, 50 Cent announced that he would depart Shady Records after a long-running partnership with Eminem since 2002, after signing to the label Caroline Records. From February to July 2014, Eminem toured Australia, New Zealand, South Africa and England for just eight shows with the Rapture Tour. While in August, Eminem toured with Rihanna in the US for a further six shows, calling it the Monster Tour. On the 24th of November 2014, Eminem released a compilation album called Shady 15, featuring songs from himself and collaborations with Skylar Grey, Sia, D12, Slaughterhouse, Yellow Wolf and Royster 59. The album reached number one in both the Australian and US compilation album chart, while in Canada it took out top spot on their mainstream chart and would sell close to 1.5 million copies around the world. The album would open with the brilliant track titled Shady 15, where Eminem spits some incredible wordplay and utilises a Billy Squire sample of his song My Kinda Lover, perfectly blending in with the flow of the tune. With a perfect start to the album, the album highlight is definitely the track Guts Over Fear featuring Sia. Guts Over Fear is a brilliant track that sees Eminem questioning his legacy and if his music has become stale, as he feels he once again has nothing new to write about. Eminem discusses regret over the pain he has caused others, including those close to him like Kim Mavers and his mother Debbie, and that he feels like his career is coming to an end. As Eminem raps the line, feels like a close, it's coming too, fuck am I gonna do, it's too late to start over, this is the only thing I know. 
before Sia chimes in singing a beautiful inspirational chorus as Eminem dreams of escaping as a youngster as she sings, I was afraid to make a single sound, afraid I would never find a way out, afraid I'd never be found, I didn't want to go another round, an angry man's power will shut you up, trip wires, fill this house with tiptoe love, run out of excuses with every word, so here I am and I will not run. Eminem comes to the realisation at the end of the song that he vows to leave a legacy for every kid that ever felt like him or that never felt good enough and that his mission now was not to run away from the industry as his work is not yet done. As he raps the line, So this is for every kid who all they ever did was dreamt of one day just getting accepted. I represent him or her, anyone similar. You are the reason that I made this song. Guts Over Fear featuring Sia remains yet another underappreciated song, only just sneaking into number 9 in Canada and 10 in the UK. With Eminem's ever-evolving lyrical ability on display once again, as he shows he is maturing as a person and as an artist, and looking past his ego to inspire kids that were once just like him, which is also seen on the Marshall Mavers LP too. In December 2014, Eminem made yet another cameo appearance in the comedy film The Interview, alongside comedian Seth Rogen and James Franco, where they act out that Eminem is confessing to being a gay man after being so controversial in his career on the issue. Many who watched the film actually took it literally due to Eminem being able to keep a straight face during the scene and it displayed once again how open he was to not taking himself so seriously. On December 21st, 2014, Elton John and his longtime partner, David Furnish, were married in a lavish wedding in their Windsor estate in London, England. Attending the wedding that day was none other than Elton's long-term good friend, Eminem where Eminem provided one of the strangest but hilarious wedding gifts that Elton and David received. Elton stated, quote, Eminem bought me and David matching cock rings when we got married. That was his gift. They sit there like the crown jewels in this beautiful box on satin cushions. They're wonderful to look at. Speaking with Graham Norton on his show, Elton stated that the cock rings were even diamond encrusted and presented on velvet cushions and that it just goes to show how non-homophobic Eminem is and shows a more humorous side to the often serious performer post his overdose. Eminem and Elton remain great friends to this very day. In July 2015, the film Southpaw was released to the public featuring the music of Eminem. Eminem had a hand in writing, producing and performing on over half of the album, which was a top five hit in the US and Canada, even reaching number one on the US soundtrack album chart. Eminem had two of his songs feature as singles on the album, but they didn't dominate the charts like some of his previous works. Eminem was actually set to play the role of Billy Hope in the film that centres around the sport of boxing, but he instead dropped out, leaving the door open for Jake Gyllenhaal to take his place. The film screenwriter Kurt Sutter actually based the plot around aspects of Eminem's life and thought he would have been perfect for the role, but after Eminem's experience with 8 Mile and the intensity of it all leading him into addiction problems, he opted to just be included on the soundtrack instead, with Sutter stating, I know he's very selective and doesn't do a lot, 
but he shared so much of his personal struggle in this raw and very honest album, one that I connected with on a lot of levels. He is very interested in the boxing genre, and it seemed like an apt metaphor, because his own life has been a brawl. In a way, this is a continuation of the 8 Mile story, but we are doing a metaphorical narrative of the second chapter of his life. He'll play a world champion boxer who really hits a hard bottom and has to fight to win back his life for his young daughter. At its core, this is a retelling of his struggles over the last five years of his life, using the boxing analogy. I love that the title refers to Marshall being a lefty, which is to boxing what a white rapper is to hip-hop. Dangerous, unwanted, and completely unorthodox. It's a much harder road for a southpaw than a right-handed boxer. The film Southpaw made $92 million at the box office off of a $25 million budget and received mostly positive to moderate reviews but wouldn't live up to the quality of 8 Mile. During August 2015, Eminem attempted to bolster his struggling label Shady Records by signing Michigan-based rapper Astray, but not much was done with him while with Shady Records. 2015 would also mark the final release from D12 with their mixtape titled Devil's Night Reloaded as they had significantly struggled over the years to gain any notoriety without Eminem and of course the late proof. During October 2015, Eminem's ex-wife Kimberly Scott landed herself in more trouble when she was involved in a serious motor vehicle accident and arrested for a DUI. Kim had been driving her black Cadillac Escalade on a road in Macomb, Michigan, when she ran into a ditch and hit a light pole and flipped the car over. The scene was horrific as bystanders and residents called 911 and attempted to pull her out from the vehicle, but they were instead told to leave her inside and wait for paramedics and the fire brigade to turn up. As Kim was trapped inside the vehicle and in a lot of pain to her ribs and arms, she began to move around a bit as paramedics struggled but managed to pull her out from the vehicle. It was later confirmed that Kim had drank a fifth of Malibu rum and had attempted to take her own life. As Kim stated, quote, It was intentional. I never expected to make it out alive. While Kim also stated that she had been clean for almost 10 years now and continued by saying, quote, I sat at the end of a road where I knew that no one else but myself would get hurt. Yes, I drank, I took pills, and I hit the gas and aimed for the pole. I didn't take into consideration the safety of others and the feelings of my family, and I'm truly sorry. Kim was very lucky to walk away with her life being her second suicide attempt. She would receive one year of probation, ongoing drug and alcohol testing, and $900 in fines when the case was settled in 2018. Just months after the accident had occurred in January 2016, Kim's troubled and estranged sister and biological mother of Elena Dawn Scott was sadly found dead of a heroin overdose in a Motor City trailer park. Most of Dawn's issues with drugs had stemmed from her harsh childhood alongside Kim, where they claimed that they were both sexually, verbally and physically abused by their mother's boyfriends. On October 19th, 2016, Eminem released a standalone statement single titled Campaign Speech, 
as Eminem took aim at Donald Trump in one of his biggest political disses yet. The track The Campaign Speech is a full eight minute freestyle and was released on the day of the 2016 presidential election between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. As Eminem strongly discourages Donald Trump being elected president due to his own belief that Trump is a racist and for his unpredictability with one of the biggest armies in the world and nuclear weaponry behind him if he was to be elected. As Eminem raps a line to describe Trump by saying, a fucking loose cannon who's blunt with his hand on the button, who doesn't have to answer to no one, great idea. The following year, on the 6th of October 2017, at the BET Hip Hop Awards, Eminem performed a four and a half minute freestyle called The Storm, dissing Donald Trump as president, as well as his policies, as a furious Eminem was seen in a car park with his D12 crew and his friends from Shady Records, as he delivered one of the most quoted lines that year, with, that's an awfully hot coffee pot, should I drop it on Donald Trump? Probably not. While many appeared to enjoy the diss track in saying that, it wasn't one of Eminem's best freestyles that he had ever done, but the passion was definitely there, and there were a number of quality one-liners, such as, except when it comes to having the balls to go against me, you hide them, cause you don't got the fucking nuts, like an empty asylum. Both freestyles, the campaign speech and the storm would land Eminem in hot water when he was investigated and even interviewed by the US Secret Service. This was due to Eminem threatening Donald Trump, his wife Melania and his daughter Ivanka Trump in the lyrics, comparing Trump to a kamikaze and dramatic statements claiming that Donald Trump will cause a nuclear holocaust. While Eminem had touched on controversial political themes in the past, this time he went all out. What angered some Eminem fans, however, was that Eminem had seemingly become too political at this point of his career and that he went back on a lot of his own beliefs when he used to see both sides of the story and hate politicians altogether. What was odd was that he once appeared to also dislike the Clintons by referencing them unfavourably in his songs and would take aim at all politicians in general, but was now seemingly endorsing Hillary Clinton as of the 2016 election. At the end of the diss freestyle The Storm, Eminem would cause a huge divide with his fans when he controversially said, And any fan of mine who's a supporter of his, I'm drawing in the sand a line. You're either for or against, and if you can't decide who you like more in your split, on who you should stand beside, I'll do it for you with this. Fuck you. This line in particular would cause quite a stir and much discussion within his fan base. Some criticised the move as a step too far and declared it unfair to force his fan base to feel like they had to choose between their favourite rapper and their political views, which every individual has a right to. Politics has often been a controversial and blurred line in regards to the music industry and while they were of course Eminem's political views, which he's entitled to, it's never really a great move career-wise or as a role model to divide your fan base over something like politics and to force your fans into taking sides by telling them fuck you. Eminem would learn the hard way down the track however, which will be touched on later as he lived to regret some of the lines he mentioned in his freestyle. 
Young rapper Vince Staples called the diss track trash and said that Eminem surely could have done better, while others applauded the move and Eminem's solidarity with Colin Kaepernick and the US military, including Kaepernick himself and LeBron James, who both praised the freestyle. In 2017, Eminem would sign two more rappers to Shady Records, with Buffalo, New York locals West Side Gun and Conway becoming Hall and Nash, as well as signing rapper Boogie. On the 10th of November 2017, Eminem made his return to the music scene once again with the release of the track Walk on Water featuring Beyonce for his upcoming ninth studio album called Revival. But it wasn't the return he would have hoped for, with the track only just breaking into the top 10 around the world, including Australia and the UK, and would only make it to number 14 in the US. Eminem was criticised for going too mainstream pop, but despite this, Eminem opens up in one of his most emotional and self-deprecating songs up to this point. Similar to the track Guts Over Fear, Eminem fears his legacy is dying along with his career, as you can hear him scribbling down songs on paper only to keep messing them up and rip the pages out of his journal. Eminem also continues on with the theme of being a rap god, but this time he admits he's only just a man and the only way he can walk on water like a figure like Jesus is if it's frozen over, proving he is just like everyone else. In the song, Eminem wants his fans to realise he is not as special as they think he is, as he opens up about always having to be on top of his game, despite being exhausted, as he watches the rapid decline of his album sales and concert ticket sales. Skylar Grey would return to help produce the song and played piano on the track, but also wrote the Beyonce hook, which once again shows just how talented she is as a songwriter. As Eminem raps the line, Always in search of the verse that I haven't spit yet, will this step just be another misstep, to tarnish whatever the legacy, love or respect, I've garnered. The rhyme has to be perfect, the delivery flawless, and it always feels like I'm hitting the mark, till I go sit in the car, listen, and pick it apart, like this shit is garbage. God's given me all this, still I feel no different regardless. Kids look to me like I'm a god, this is retarded. If only they knew it's a facade, and it's exhaustive. Eminem had both Adele and Beyonce in line for the female vocal for the song, but due to Adele being unavailable, Beyonce took her place, with Eminem stating it had always been a collaboration he had wanted to do anyway. The track Believe, that follows Walk on Water on the Revival album, would also follow on with this same theme. On December 15th, 2017, Eminem officially released his ninth studio album, titled Revival. Despite reaching number one in 12 countries, including the US, Australia and the UK, Revival was highly criticised by its critics and some fans, and quickly declined down the charts after rising to number one. While the time of purchasing physical copies was dying around this time, only 1.2 million copies were sold worldwide, becoming the lowest selling album of Eminem's career up to this point. Critics were mostly divided over the album's lyrical content, the theme of the album, as it was a bit all over the place, 
that it utilised too many rock and roll samples, and that there were far too many collaborations with pop musicians rather than his solo rap tracks. But despite all of this, Eminem became the first artist in Billboard history to have eight number one albums in a row on their charts in the US. Despite what the critics and some fans thought, there were some great and interesting tracks from the album. In the song Chloroseptic, which is actually a form of medication for soothing throat pain, Eminem raps about the latest trend of mumble rappers, such as Tech 9 claiming they must have a throat infection, or strep throat, as they struggle to get the lyrics out clearly and mumble throughout all their songs. In the track Untouchable, Eminem raps about the way African-American community members are treated by the police in America in regards to police brutality and the Black Lives Matter movement, as he points out all the differences in how white and black people are treated in the US. Eminem also mentions how he feels guilty at times for being white and how he stands with the black community for seeking justice. As Eminem refers to white police officers pulling over black community members as he raps the line, Black boy, black boy, we ain't gonna lie to you. Black boy, black boy, we don't like the sight of you. Pull up on the side of you, window roll down, profile, then we wonder why we see this side of you. The fifth song on the album, and the second single to be released, was the biggest hit on Revival, and was titled River, featuring English singer-songwriter and superstar Ed Sheeran. River peaked at number one in five countries, including the UK, and made the top five in 13 other countries, including Australia and Canada. In the US, however, River would peak at number 11. In this track, Eminem details a toxic and abusive relationship where a woman is with a nasty man who has also been unfaithful to her. The woman seeks revenge against her partner by sleeping with Eminem after she caught him sleeping around with another woman. Eminem admits to knowing he is being used but continues on with the affair to fill the empty space in his own life despite knowing it's wrong and that he is not really in it for the long haul. When the woman's partner finds out about her affair, he leaves her at the very same time that Eminem calls quits on the affair with the woman, only for him to learn that she is now pregnant with Eminem's child. Eminem's selfish actions and indecisiveness destroys the woman's relationship with her now ex, and she reverts to having an abortion instead of raising a child alone. At the end of this song, Eminem mentions that he needed to get this off of his chest, leading many to believe that the story was in fact true. While it seems likely due to the detail in the song, it's believed that Eminem simply made up the story and incorporated both his own personal experiences with the experiences of others. Ed Sheeran's chorus is said to be from the man's perspective, while Eminem narrates the rest. As touched on in episode 3 of Lyrics of Their Life, Ed Sheeran was a huge fan of Eminem growing up, with the Marshall Mavers LP helping him to overcome a severe stuttering problem, and Eminem was one of the big reasons behind Sheeran starting to write his own songs. The track would become the first of a few songs the pair would collaborate on, with one of these being called Remember the Name, which also featured 50 Cent on Ed Sheeran's album Divide. As the album Revival continues on, Eminem returns to dissing Donald Trump and tells his listeners to stand together for a better America in the song Like Home. 
Eminem outrageously refers to Trump as a Nazi and compares him to Hitler and labels him as a racist towards Hispanics and African Americans and as a sexist hate-filled individual as Eminem longs to be proud of his home country again. The album cover artwork depicting the US flag is represented in this track as Eminem calls for a revival of America. The tracks Nowhere Fast and Offended also delve into the state of America and include further disses of Donald Trump. In the song Bad Husband, Eminem admits to being a lousy husband and that he let Kim down by continuing their cycle of abuse for so long as a more mature and remorseful Eminem is on display in this song. He tells his daughters he is a scumbag after retaliating and punching Kim back in a domestic at one stage after she attacked him. And while the song at times is stilted and lacks flow, the chorus is brilliant as ex-ambassadors sing, How come you can be a lord and a loser? How come you can be a liar and a good father? Good dad, but a bad husband. Why are you a good father, a great dad, but a bad husband? During the song, Haley can also be heard during the chorus. During the song, Eminem mentions how their toxic relationship played out in public with the lines, But we carry on with our public spats and our feuds. Oh, back in the news, love taps when I diss you. Eminem continues to express how sorry he is for the way that it all panned out and perhaps gives an explanation of why he left after their short second marriage as he feared the cycle would only continue and he didn't want to go too far next time if they argued again. As he raps the lines, We brought out the worst in each other. Someone had to make the sparring end. Because I loved you, but I hated that me. And I don't want to see that side again. But I'm sorry, Kim. More than you could ever comprehend. Leaving you was fucking harder than soaring off a fucking body limb. One of the best tracks on the album Revival is titled Tragic Endings and sees Eminem and Skylar Grey team up once again. In this song, Eminem uses aspects of his own troubled relationship with Kim and fuses this with a fictional story about a toxic relationship in which the man is constantly weighed down or put down by the female character's controlling and suffocating ways. As Eminem raps the confronting lines that read, Now I'm the one thing you couldn't hate more, but you're the one thing that I would die for. All my life I was told I was never nothing special. I don't need to be reminded of it every other second, especially when all my self-esteem's already shot to hell. I'm falling helplessly. I'm embarrassed. I don't want no one else to see. Because I feel like I'm a piece of shit every time she yells at me. Selfishly addicted definitely doesn't help that she makes me feel like I've died and gone to heaven. But makes life a living hell for me. She does that thing with her lip. Now she's melting me. I'm putty in her palms. I'm wrapped around her finger. A yo-yo on a string. She lets me sit there and just dangle. Until something better comes along. And she'll just drop me like a hot potato. I look like I'm in pain. But I'm okay though. Because I know she loves me. My friends. What do they know? The chorus then continues with Skylar Grey's vocals. As she sings. It's like I'm drowning at sea. Hoping that you reach for me. I know you're there. But I can't see. Because I'm so drunk off tragic endings. I'm dying to breathe. And all you do is strangle me. Such a beautiful relief, 
because I'm so drunk of tragic endings. The track ends with the abusive woman dousing the car with lighter fluid with him in it and setting him on fire to potentially kill him. The song Need Me, featuring Pink, also extends onto this song in a similar storyline. The song Framed sees Eminem revert back to his obsession with the stories of serial killers as he enters the mind of a murderer. Eminem refers to Ivanka Trump in the track being murdered and placed into the trunk of his car, which once again brought secret services in to investigate Eminem on the claims in his lyrics. In the track In Your Head, Eminem utilises the Cranberries song Zombie as a sample, featuring Dolores O'Riordan's vocals as Eminem raps about the regret over the pain he caused with his music over the years, while he also goes to town on his Slim Shady character and regrets how far he took it at times. The track In Your Head flows on into the song The Castle and is a tribute to Haley as he raps three different verses from three different periods like he is writing a letter to Haley leading up to his last overdose. When speaking on radio, Eminem said, When Haley was about to be born, I would always write letters that I thought I would give her. Castle takes place in 2007, which leads to overdose and Christmas and her birthday, and me missing that, me not being there with my kids at Christmas. It was tough. The track Arose then continues on from here and sees Eminem in hospital after his overdose as all the medical equipment can be heard around him, along with Eminem struggling to breathe. Eminem raps about his regret of taking the pills that almost took his life, He speaks about all the milestones he would have missed in his children's lives and wishes he could rewind time just to save Haley from all the hurt and wishes the best for Whitney, Elena and Nate and his mother and Kim. Towards the end of the song, the beat does exactly this as Eminem says I'm rewinding the tape. A rewind sound is heard and the previous song Castles begins to play again as Eminem instead flushes the pills down the toilet displaying his regret over it all and that if he could he would have taken it back and not taken the pills the painfully emotional lyrics read if i could rewind time like a tape inside a boombox one day for every pill or percocet that i ate cut down on the valium i'd have heard everything but death is turning so definite wait they got me all hooked up to some machine i love you bean didn't want you to know i was struggling Feels like I'm underwater submerged, like a submarine. Just heard that nurse say, my liver and kidneys aren't functioning. Been flirtatious with death, skirt chasing I guess. It's a rather dirty, same nurse. Just heard her say they're unplugging me, and it's your birthday Jade. I'm missing your birthday. Baby girl, I'm sorry, I fucking hate when you hurt. And sweeties, thank you for waiting to open gifts, but girls you can just open them. Dad ain't making it home for Christmas. Wish I had the strength to just blow a kiss. I got to make a fist, but I can't make one. I'm frozen stiff. I yell, but nothing comes out. I'm crying inside. I shout. My vocal cords won't permit me. I scream, but it's not allowed. You put your arm around Mama to calm her. Wow. I just thought about the aisle I'll never get to walk us down. Never see you graduate in your caps and gowns. It's about to be 2008, how's this happening now? I've got so much more to do. And proof, I'm truly sorry if I let you down, but this tore me in two. The thought of no more me and you. 
On January the 18th, 2018, Eminem surprised his fans by releasing a remixed version of his song Chloroseptic. In the remix, Eminem called out his critics who rated Revival so poorly by saying, I just added to the fuel in my rocket pack. Till I'm ready to respond, then I'm a launch it at him. I'll be back. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Hi everyone, and sorry to interrupt. I hope you're enjoying this episode, but I just wanted to take this opportunity to tell you four ways on how you can support the podcast and play your part in keeping it going so I can continue to bring you more great episodes. If you enjoy Lyrics of Their Life podcast, first of all, it would be greatly appreciated if you could subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. It's totally free to do. It just means that you will receive a notification when a new episode of the podcast becomes available. Secondly, you can leave the podcast a positive five-star review on iTunes as this helps the podcast reach a larger audience. Third of all, you can tell your friends all about the podcast or join us on our social media pages at Facebook, Instagram, TikTok and Twitter. While finally, you can take your support one step further and head to our Patreon page and pledge your support to one of two of our plans for just $1 or $5 per month with no locking contract. Or you can pledge just a one-off payment for all the hard work that goes into creating the podcast and you will receive a number of extra benefits to go with your donation. Or you can even buy me a beer for $5 at buymeacoffee.com forward slash lyrics of life pod. I am a totally independent podcast creator, meaning there are no large networks or businesses financially supporting my work. So your support would be greatly appreciated as it means I can continue creating more content such as biographies, the weekly muse, interviews and more as it takes a lot of time, resources and research to prepare and upload just one single episode. Links to Patreon and Buy Me A Coffee can be found in the show notes on our website at lyricsoftheirlife.com or on our Facebook page. Once again, I appreciate every one of my listeners for their support, no matter the form it comes in. Thanks for listening. Now let's get back to the episode. On the 31st of August 2018, Eminem did the unexpected and shocked his fans by releasing his 10th studio album titled Kamikaze. The album came as a shock to his fans as he snuck the album onto digital music stores such as iTunes and onto streaming services like Spotify without any previous promotional campaign. This approach managed to work wonders, with Eminem also selling his albums in merch packages off of his own website, and simply relied on social media to get the word out there, as well as releasing diss tracks to further its success. The album Kamikaze was yet again a number one hit, reaching number one in 21 countries, including Australia, the UK, US, New Zealand, Canada, and across Europe, and has sold over 1 million copies. The Kamikaze album, however, was met with mixed reviews from critics as the album centres around dissing other musicians. While Kamikaze sounded much different and modern in regards to the beats, as well as Eminem's rapping style compared to some of his previous work, the problem with Kamikaze was it was too focused on the same topics and became quite monotonous to listen to. 
For many of Eminem's fans, they already knew Eminem is the best, but we don't necessarily need to be reminded of it on nearly every song. While loved by the younger generation of hip-hop listeners, most of those that grew up with Eminem found it too bland compared to his previous works and didn't bother to go out and buy the album, placing both Revival and Kamikaze in the category of some of his worst-selling albums of his career. The New Zealand Herald writer Sienna Yates summed it up perfectly by saying, quote, He's just not saying much, and what he is saying smacks of ignorance and someone reaching for relevance in a world he's hell-bent on rejecting. It's not fun, informative, challenging, or entertaining. It's just a lot of technical skill and angry fist-shaking. While Rolling Stone magazine gave it just 2.5 stars out of 5. Some called Kamikaze an epic fail, while others said he is a parody of himself and that he is trying to stay relevant. Eminem, who was 46 at the time, would come out and defend his album, but unfortunately these critics weren't too far off the mark. With him even saying so himself, a few years back in the song Guts Over Fear, that he had been running out of ideas and felt like he was writing the same old songs and losing his fan base. After doubting if he was still the greatest on his previous two albums, he was now claiming he was the greatest again on Kamikaze, with the song The Greatest, with all this pointing towards that he was running out of ideas. The album artwork on both the front and back covers sees a fighter pilot purposely crashing the F-86 Sabre fighter jet and is a reference to the Beastie Boys album cover for License to Three that resembles a very similar image. The Kamikaze album wasn't all bad, however, with one of the better tracks from the album being titled Fall, which managed to reach the top 10 in seven countries, including New Zealand and the UK. Eminem also released a track from the Venom film of the same name, but it didn't chart as well. The most successful track from the album was titled Lucky You, featuring Joyner Lucas, which reached the top five in 11 countries, including Australia, while it also made it to number six in both the UK and US, and even earned him a Grammy nomination. In the song Lucky You, Eminem criticises modern rappers for using ghostwriters, where rappers don't write their own songs, and he also takes aim again at mumble rappers. A similar theme is heard in the song The Ringer that also managed to chart well inside the top five in 11 countries, including Australia and the UK. In The Ringer, Eminem takes aim at rappers such as Little Pump and Iggy Azalea, and once again has a shot at the President of the United States, Donald Trump. As Eminem reflects on his freestyle rap called The Storm from 2017 at the BET Awards and says he regrets the way he worded the controversial line where he told his fans to pick a side and that he's drawing a line in the sand and if they didn't back him, then fuck you. Eminem claims that most of the comments, while true to him, had cost him many of his fans as they turned away from his music, which actually was a plausible statement, with the lack of success evident since that freestyle. During The Ringer, Eminem raps that he felt guilty for alienating his fans, and rapped the line, That line in the sand, was it even worth it? Cause the way I see people turning, is making it seem worthless. 
It's starting to defeat the purpose. I'm watching my fan base shrink to thirds, and I was just trying to do the right thing. He continues on as he references Donald Trump as Agent Orange, due to the common remarks calling Trump Orange Man, and how Eminem was investigated when he raps the line, "'Cause Agent Orange just sent the Secret Service to meet in person to see if I really think of hurting him, or ask if I'm linked to terrorists. I said only when it comes to ink and lyricists.'" However, one of the major disses in the ringer was aimed at Machine Gun Kelly, the man who prompted Eminem to write a diss track just for him, titled Kill Shot. Eminem and Machine Gun Kelly's feud had all started back in 2012 when Machine Gun Kelly posted to Twitter about Eminem's 16-year-old daughter Haley, stating that, quote, Okay, so I just saw a picture of Eminem's daughter, and I have to say, she is hot as fuck, in the most respectful way possible, cause Em is king. Some say that Machine Gun Kelly attempted to apologise for the out-of-line tweet, but in 2015, Eminem banned Machine Gun Kelly from appearing on his radio channel Shade 45, suggesting their feud had not yet been settled. In 2017, while on another radio station, Machine Gun Kelly claimed it was true that Eminem had banned him from appearing on his radio program. In March 2018, Machine Gun Kelly took subtle stabs at Eminem in a track he collaborated on with Tech 9 titled No Reason, the Mosh Pit song. Eminem of course then retaliated by including slight disses at Machine Gun Kelly throughout the Kamikaze album in regards to him being a mumble rapper. Although on Eminem's track Not Alike, Eminem took a number of swings at Machine Gun Kelly. This sparked a feud between the two once again, with Machine Gun taking it as far as writing a song titled Rap Devil, as opposed to Eminem's song Rap God, and he even made a music video to accompany the track. Machine Gun Kelly basically called out everything that had transpired so far, and claimed he doesn't understand why Eminem is so angry all the time when he's rich. Eminem held off on responding for a week as he said he didn't want to give Machine Gun the exposure that he didn't deserve. But on the 14th of September 2018, Eminem released his very own diss track titled Kill Shot, which included on the single's cover an image of Machine Gun Kelly with a scope or a target on his head. While Machine Gun Kelly put up somewhat of a decent fight, Eminem came in hard and destroyed Machine Gun with his witty one-liners and wordplay, proving why he is one of the most feared diss rappers in the game. In the song Kill Shot, Eminem defended his daughter Haley, claimed Machine Gun was simply using Eminem's name to bolster his own status and criticised Machine Gun's appearance. Kill Shot was so popular, it was released as a single and rose to number one in Canada and reached the top five in the US. Machine Gun Kelly responded via a tweet and all he had to say was that Eminem's response was slow and the feud has since fizzled out, although it hasn't been ruled out whether or not it's been put to bed. Halsey, Iggy Azalea and rapper Jay Electronica all hit back at Eminem with angered tweets for name-dropping them in the song. As Halsey was frustrated over Eminem, referring to her relationship with G-Eazy, and was quoted as saying, I'm just saying, my pops had to hear about a grown man talking about his daughter getting fucked 
While that man simultaneously defended his own daughter, Halsey would later add in another statement, I'm not proud, I just don't care. They can argue about record sales, but my album sold more copies than each of theirs. This was in relation to her own album, Hopeless Fountain Kingdom. It's fair to say, however, that Eminem annihilated Machine Gun Kelly with Killshot, and a long-running joke has since flared up, claiming that Eminem scared Machine Gun Kelly away from the rap game, as he has since entered the punk rock and pop scene. 2018 would also mark the end of D12, as Eminem announced this news through the song Stepping Stone on the Kamikaze album. Also departing after their fourth album with Shady Records was Yellow Wolf, while Royster 5-9's group Slaughterhouse also disbanded. In January 2019, Westside Boogie released his debut album with Shady Records, titled Everything's For Sale, which was a critical and slight commercial success. The Slim Shady Records label today is now just left with Eminem, Bad Meets Evil, Westside Boogie and their newest member Grip being the only ones left on their books. After Westside Gun departed in 2020 and Conway the Machine left later in 2022. On the 3rd of May 2019, Eminem collaborated with other fellow white rapper, Logic, for the track Homicide, which found its way into the top five in eight countries, including the US and Canada, and six in Australia. With both rappers showing off their fast-paced rap flow, they speak about how the modern-day rappers mumble, use autotune, and ghostwrite. In June 2019, Eminem's biological father, Bruce Mathers, passed away aged 67 in Fort Wayne, Indiana, after suffering a heart attack. But Eminem had little to say on the death of his father. During November 2019, Eminem was awarded by YouTube as the Artist of the Year and received the MTV Global Icon Award. On January 17th, 2020, Eminem would release his 11th studio album, titled Music To Be Murdered By, as yet another surprise album drop. Music To Be Murdered By pays homage to the 1958 album cover of the same name, featuring music from Alfred Hitchcock's film The Rye, with dark humour and easy listening instrumentals by composer Jeff Alexander. The album cover also resembles this, as Eminem is pictured with a shovel, similar to the cover of Hitchcock's album, except Eminem's includes blood dripping down the side of it, with both albums ending with the Hitchcock audio recording of him saying, If you haven't been murdered, I can only say, better luck next time. If you have been, good night, wherever you are. Music To Be Murdered By would chart in the top spot in 17 countries, including Australia, the UK and US, and reach the top 5 in a further 7 countries. It would become Eminem's 11th number 1 album in the US, UK, Australia and New Zealand, and 12th number 1 album in Canada over his career, including compilations and by most estimations, it has now sold over 1 million copies worldwide. Music To Be Murdered By, of course dealt once again with the themes of murder and serial killers, as the title and album cover art suggests, 
and it also received mixed reviews that were slightly better than Kamikaze and Revival, which overall, it is definitely an improvement. With Fred Thomas of All Music stating, quote, Music to be murdered by sees Eminem pulling himself out of Kamikaze's wreckage somewhat, though he still falls victim to moments of willful dumbness and a tedious self-obsession that's become par for the course. While Eminem was still not back to his classic best, and perhaps never will be, the album included a couple of very strong tracks, with Darkness being arguably the album's best, as Eminem raps from the perspective of a mass murderer, Stephen Paddock, who on October 1st, 2017, shot dead 58 concertgoers at the 91 Harvest Music Festival on the Las Vegas Strip. He highlights the mental health of Paddock and how the lack of gun control in America contributed significantly to these deaths. When Eminem starts rapping, he leads the listener to think he is referring to himself, preparing for a concert, until the sounds of guns loading and cocking start, and Eminem turns his focus to a more sinister mood and change in lyrics. As Eminem raps the lines, Maybe I'll take a snooze, then tear up the stage in a few. Now I'm staring at the room, service menu off a benzo. I can hear the music, continue to a crescendo. I can see the whole venue from my window. That's when you know you're schizo. Cause I keep peeking out the curtain from the hotel. The music is so loud, but it's almost as though I don't hear no sound. I should get ready for the show now. Wait, is this the whole crowd? I thought this was sold out. But it's only the opening act. It's early, don't overreact. Then something told me relax and just hope for the show to be packed. Don't want to hit the stage before they fill each row to the max because that'd be totally whack. You can't murder a show nobody's at. Despite the content of the song being quite confronting and perhaps too soon, Eminem samples the sound of silence as a mellow type beat perfectly accompanies Eminem's raps. In the music video, at the end of the clip, Eminem attempts to persuade the listener to vote for gun reform, as Eminem closes out an underrated masterpiece of a song. In the song Darkness, Eminem shows he still has it in him to produce a quality track with great lyrics, and while it's disturbing, he somehow outlines that the way in which a serial killer prepares for a shooting is much like a performer gearing up for a live show, as the nerves and many thoughts and feelings run through his head. Another track from the album, titled Unaccommodating, came under fire over references to Ariana Grande and the 2017 Manchester Arena bombing, where 23 people were sadly killed and a thousand injured. With victims' families being upset over the lyrics, and the mayor of Manchester himself even stating that the lyrics were, quote, unnecessarily hurtful and deeply disrespectful. During this song, Eminem entered the shoes of the mass bomber, who was responsible for killing 23 innocent people. While in other songs on the album, in the song Stepdad, Eminem elaborates on the abuse he and his mother endured when he was growing up. While the track Little Engine has to be one of the most unique tracks on the album, featuring a horror-style beat, in an Alfred Hitchcock sample, Eminem raps about being psychologically unstable and was inspired to write the hook through a book his great-aunt Edna would read him when he was younger, titled The Little Engine That Could. 
On the 28th of January 2020, Eminem released his second single from the album Music To Be Murdered By, called Godzilla. In Godzilla, Eminem compares his self-destructiveness as a former alcoholic and drug addict to that of Godzilla, known for destroying cities and causing chaos. The track also features the late Juice World and would be his first release since his death in December 2019. Eminem would beat his own record set back in 2013 with Rap God for fastest rap in a hit song once again this time around spitting out 225 words in just 30 seconds, which equates to 7.5 words per second. Godzilla peaked at number one in three countries, including the UK, Ireland and Finland, while it also reached the top five in 13 other countries, including Australia and the US. Godzilla was a huge hit on streaming platforms and went viral, with the humorous music video now standing at over 500 million views on YouTube and was dedicated to the late Juice World. On the 5th of April 2020, at 4am in the morning, Eminem had an unexpected visitor drop by in the middle of the night at his Clinton Township home. Eminem was fast asleep when he woke to the sound of glass shattering in his kitchen after an intruder broke in through Eminem's kitchen window after throwing a paving stone through it. While Eminem initially thought it might have been someone he knew, it turned out to be an unarmed bearded white Caucasian man named Matthew David Hughes, who was 26 years old and had been stalking Eminem for quite some time. Eminem woke to find the man standing behind him and told Eminem that he was there to kill him. The man was believed to be homeless from time to time after being estranged from his mother, who he occasionally lived with, and he was suffering with severe mental illness. After managing to keep his cool, Eminem escorted the man out of his home through his game room, TV area, and basketball court before calling out for his security team, who helped to restrain the deranged man, before calling the police, who arrived to arrest him, to take him into custody. Back in June 2019, Hughes was caught on Eminem's security cameras standing out the front of Eminem's old home at Rochester Hills for a fair amount of time as he appeared very unstable. He attempted to enter through the front door but failed and then realised he was caught on a doorbell camera as he pondered what he should do next as he searched for the rapper not knowing that he no longer lived there. Hughes rang the doorbell and waited calmly for Eminem to come out, only to find out that he no longer lived there and someone else had since bought it, after Eminem sold the property in 2017. The homeowner of Eminem's former Rochester Hill mansion also stated that Hughes said to him that he was looking for his brother Marshall, before he told Hughes to get off the property, but wasn't certain that he followed his instructions and that he could have been there somewhere still. The homeowner would later find Hughes sleeping on the property in one of the guest houses before he called the police who then arrived to arrest him. Hughes was arrested for trespassing on this property along with another nearby property and pleaded guilty of charges of misdemeanor, breaking and entering and illegal entry, landing him in prison for just 90 days. In regards to the incident, in April 2020, at the Clinton Township home, where Eminem was residing, 
Hughes was initially placed on a $50,000 cash bond and was charged with first-degree home invasion and malicious destruction of property. But after pleading no contest, he had this changed to second-degree home invasion, with the malicious destruction of property also being dropped, along with an assault charge on a jail employee also being dropped. Hughes, now 28, received five years probation after serving 524 days in Macomb County Prison. He was court-ordered to have no contact with Eminem and to maintain 30 hours of weekly employment and would be encouraged to move back in with his mother. Eminem was said to have been happy with the outcome and didn't appear at the hearings. Later that year, with all this behind him, on the 18th of December 2020, Eminem released a B-side to Music To Be Murdered By, known as the Deluxe Edition, featuring 16 new tracks and was completely unannounced until it was released. The extension of the album was received well by critics, with Eminem compiling a lot of these tracks while in lockdown during the pandemic and releasing them in order to boost his fans' morale up. In the track Nat, Eminem makes references to COVID-19 and hints that he thinks it all started with bats, while Eminem also targets Donald Trump, his former Valium addiction and Machine Gun Kelly once again, comparing him to an insect being a gnat, which of course is a small flying insect. On the 21st of March 2021, Eminem released an animated music video to hit back at Gen Z, who were calling out to cancel Eminem as the so-called cancel culture threatened to take him out like they had done to so many other things at the time. Although the song was originally meant to diss mumble rappers, claiming they are all tone deaf, Eminem purposely released the video at this time to hit back at all the Gen Zers who were hating on him. There were growing calls by some members of Gen Z taking to social media and TikTok to criticise and protest against the early work of Eminem under his alter ego Slim Shady and his 2010 song Love The Way You Lie, as members of Gen Z were attempting to have some of his music banned due to the so-called offensive and crude language and themes that were depicted in them, such as the line... If she ever tries to fucking leave again, I'm a tire to the bed and set this house on fire. Eminem would hit back at these cancel culture type claims with a song he wrote called Tone Death as he raps the line, I can't understand a word you say, I'm tone deaf. I think this way I prefer to stay, I'm tone deaf. I won't stop even when my hair turns grey, I'm tone deaf. Cause they won't stop until they cancel me. It's not the first time that people have tried to cancel Eminem's music from being released or simply to ban it. He has been sued from everyone from his mother and his wife to his childhood bully over songs relating to them, but those songs still remain untouched to this very day. Eminem is known as one of the most feared diss rappers out there, tearing many to shreds with his witty one-liners, so those trying to cancel him might want to tread carefully. In the track Zeus, Eminem would also apologise to his long-term collaborator and friend, Rihanna, after once taking the side of Chris Brown in one of his older tracks, who later pleaded guilty to assault involving Rihanna in 2009. During September 2021, 
Eminem was featured alongside Skylar Grey in the track Last One Standing for the soundtrack for the film Venom, Let There Be Carnage, with it charting at number two in New Zealand and reaching the top 50 in the UK and Canada. That very same month, on the 29th of September 2021, Eminem, with Union Joints, opened the first ever Mum's Spaghetti restaurant, located in Woodward Avenue in Detroit, specialising in spaghetti and meatballs. The name of the restaurant, of course, was a reference to the line in Lose Yourself that reads, His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy, there's vomit on his sweater already, Mum's Spaghetti. This was the very first official Mum's Spaghetti restaurant after previously operating as a pop-up eatery in 2017 onwards and featuring at Coachella in 2018. During the COVID-19 pandemic, Eminem would donate Mum's Spaghetti to healthcare workers at Henry Ford Health System in Detroit. The pop-up store continues to operate also, with it often travelling to LA. In October 2021, Eminem would perform alongside his childhood hero, LL Cool J, at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Awards ceremony, which funnily enough would see him be nominated in the running for induction into the 2022 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and succeeding through the fan vote alongside other inductees such as Dolly Parton, Pat Benatar, Eurythmics, Duran Duran, Lionel Richie and Carly Simon all of which will be inducted during November 2022. Controversy did arise, however, over some of the members including Eminem and Dolly Parton not necessarily classifying as rock, and the fact that Eminem entered before other original or early rappers. But it's fair to say that Eminem lived the rock and roll lifestyle and deserves his spot, based off of his incredible career in the industry and always being willing to push the boundaries. Earlier that year on the 13th of February 2022, Eminem would achieve a major milestone performing at the Super Bowl 56 halftime show at Sophie Stadium in Inglewood, California. It was built up as a huge halftime show alongside living legends of the rap and hip-hop game such as Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Mary J. Blige and Kendrick Lamar, as well as a surprise appearance from 50 Cent and featuring Anderson Park. As the LA Rams and Cincinnati Bengals headed in for halftime, the halftime show was kicked off with Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg, with a performance of the next episode before the pair paid homage to Tupac with a rendition of California Love, with the pair putting in a great performance. 50 Cent then surprisingly appeared dangling upside down as he dropped from the ceiling, performing in the club, and despite appearing slightly out of breath in his older age, he received a huge pop from the crowd, before Mary J. Blige took to the centre stage, performing Family Affair and No More Drama, as she rocked the arena. As great as Kendrick Lamar is, his performance took a bit of a lull, while he performed two of his tracks being Mad City and Alright, with his song choices not being the best, before Eminem finally made his long-awaited appearance, performing Lose Yourself with Anderson Pack on drums, which for many Eminem fans was a tease, as they would have liked to see Eminem perform at least one more track. 
Shocking onlookers, Eminem then took to one knee as Dr. Dre began playing I Ain't Mad At Ya on piano. While this was more than likely a nod of respect and honour for Tupac, who no doubt would have joined them in that lineup had he lived on to that day, some, including the media, claimed that Eminem was kneeling in solidarity with Colin Kaepernick and Black Lives Matter, with the media, of course, hyping this story up. But this was believed not to be the case, with Tupac most likely being the man that Eminem was honouring. Despite media rumours that the NFL attempted to stop Eminem from taking a knee during the lead-up to the performance, the NFL claimed that they didn't step in his way. The Super Bowl performance was wrapped up with Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre performing Still Dre with Lamar, 50 Cent, Eminem and Mary J. Blige all joining them on stage. The halftime show would wrap up and the LA Rams would return to the field to win the Super Bowl as the figures started flowing in for the halftime performance. Critics mostly praised the performance, claiming it was a great throwback for Generation X and Millennials, with Rolling Stone magazine's Rob Sheffield placing it as the fourth best halftime show behind Beyonce, U2 and Prince. During the time slot for the halftime show, an average of 103.4 million people tuned in live to watch the performance, which was believed to be up by 7% on the previous halftime show performed by The Weeknd in 2021, with Eminem and Co's halftime show actually beating the viewership of the actual game. Since this monumental moment, Eminem has had further beef with rappers like The Game and even his pal Snoop Dogg after he had left Eminem off of a personal list of his greatest rappers of all time. But their relationship was mended recently in June 2022 after Dr. Dre brought the two back together and with a collaborative track they did together titled From the D2, The LBC, they would be reunited as they pay homage to their hometowns of Detroit and Long Beach, with the music video being displayed in a comic strip style as comic book monkeys stoned off their face from Snoop Dogg's marijuana. It would be the pair's first collaboration since the year 2000 with Bitch Please 2, featuring Dr. Dre, Exhibit and the late Nate Dogg, who of course passed away in 2011. Around a month later, Eminem would announce that a second Greatest Hits compilation album would be released in August 2022 as a sequel to Curtain Call, named Curtain Call 2, covering his hits from Relapse onwards. It will also include hit tracks that Eminem recorded for soundtracks such as Venom and his latest track titled The King and I that Eminem wrote and recorded with CeeLo Green and Dr. Dre for Baz Luhrmann's 2022 film named Elvis based on the life and career of the king of rock and roll. Often one to keep his charitable deeds quiet, Eminem started the Marshall Mavers Foundation that helps aid disadvantaged youth in the Detroit area and surrounds. While Eminem also works with Elton John's AIDS Foundation and further programs involving troubled and disadvantaged youth. Eminem in his recovery days would become much more serious, cracking the occasional dry humour or subtle joke, keeping an always straight face, but often appears quite anxious in interviews, which is often mistaken mostly as arrogance, and at times awkward, with no drugs to mask his anxiety and his quirks. 
While he still relieves his anger and frustration through his music, being sober has allowed Eminem to mellow down into a proud and wise father, being sober for over 14 years now, and he is much more humble, despite at times claiming that he is the rap god or king of rap. Eminem still has his hobbies to keep his mind off of ever relapsing again, and he enjoys collecting comics, watching boxing, exercising, and he collects cassette tapes. As he says he didn't have the money as a kid and would trade his cassettes for the latest releases or trade them with friends, often losing ones he loved just to hear new music. But now, he could buy whatever one he wanted and has thousands of them ranging from his favourite rappers to lesser known MCs. When speaking to Rolling Stone about his love life, Eminem says he doesn't have any intentions on dating until it feels right and that he finds it hard to find someone he can trust, and that for now he's happy focusing on his children. It's estimated today that Eminem has sold anywhere from 100 million to 120 million albums worldwide. He has had a total of 13 number one albums on the Billboard 200 in the US, including those with D12, Compilations, and with Bad Meets Evil and it's hard to argue against him being the greatest hip-hop artist of all time, with record-breaking figures like that. In the US from 2000 to 2009, he was the best-selling artist during that time, while in the 2010s, Eminem was the best-selling male artist, selling 47 million albums and over 100 million singles in the US alone. Eminem is now one of the most successful musicians of all time, with 15 Grammy Award wins, 8 AMAs, 17 Billboard Awards, and a one-time Oscar winner for the Lose Yourself track for the 8 Mile film. Not to mention his incredible performance in 8 Mile. Eminem also holds the record as the only artist to win back-to-back Grammys for Best Rap Album twice in his career. Eminem has been ranked inside the top 100 greatest artists and songwriters of all time by Rolling Stone magazine, while they also named him the King of Hip Hop due to all of his accolades to date, and he once held 13 Guinness World Records over his illustrious career. Many other successful musicians claimed Eminem influenced them heavily, including the likes of The Weeknd, Lana Del Rey, Skylar Grey, Nicki Minaj, Joyner Lucas, Tom McDonald, NF, Jack Harlow, Ed Sheeran, Frank Ocean, Usher, Logic, Lil Wayne, 50 Cent, J. Cole, Chance the Rapper, Tyler the Creator, Drake, Alec Benjamin, Big Sean, Kendrick Lamar, the now late Mac Miller, XXXTentacion, and Juice World, and believe it or not, despite their feud, Machine Gun Kelly, just to name a few. He is also held in high regard from the likes of Robbie Williams, Pink, Elton John, Madonna, and was even well respected by Michael Jackson, despite Eminem's diss of the King of Pop. Today Eminem's mother Debbie is 66 years old, but it's unsure if their relationship has been patched up completely. Kim is now 45 years of age, and it's believed Eminem and Kim have a positive co-parenting relationship after their turbulent past. Eminem's half-brother Nate is now 35 years old. Eminem's grandmother Betty is still alive today. His niece and now adopted daughter Elena is now 27 years old. 
Eminem's adoptive daughter and Kim's biological daughter, Whitney, is now 19 years old and currently identifies as non-binary, changing her name to Stevie Lane. This comes after her biological father, Eric Harder, passed away in 2020. And finally, Haley is now 25 years old. She did very well in school, was a solid volleyball player, and managed to graduate, making her father very proud, as she turned out to be a bright, grounded young lady, who is now exploring art, fashion, modelling, and music. Eminem says that all of his kids are the greatest thing he's ever achieved, and he remains very close to them all. Eminem also remains close with D12, Royster59, Paul Rosenberg, Dr. Dre, and 50 Cent, where Eminem recently spoke at 50 Cent's Hollywood Star Walk of Fame ceremony, emotionally expressing his love for his good friend, who got him through so many tough times. Eminem is now aged 48 and says he never stops writing. He is without a doubt one of the greatest and most controversial artists of all time, and his life and career so far is bound to leave an everlasting legacy, an effect on the music industry, basically defining a decade, especially during the early 2000s. From his abusive and traumatic childhood days, being beaten at the hands of his bullies, being raised in a toxic environment with his mother Debbie, falling in and out of love with Kim, battling addiction, and attempting to raise Haley, his adoptive daughters Elena and Whitney, and even his brother Nate at times, Eminem has overcome a monster battle to be where he is today. Eminem is currently 14 years sober, after many, including himself, thought that he was sure to be a dead man. I don't think there are many artists who have lived a life and had a career quite like him. While Eminem often pushed things way too far, Eminem shook up the industry and kept it exciting, and while his career has somewhat dropped off in recent times, his latest album suggests he still has those same qualities that make him such a brilliant artist and talented lyricist. Love him or hate him, Eminem will live on as one of the most influential artists of all time, and arguably, he is right when he claims that he is indeed the rap god. Thank you for tuning into that episode. Don't forget to check out our other episodes from season one and two, ranging from Kurt Cobain and Freddie Mercury to Prince, Chasey Chapman and Stevie Nicks, and up and comers like Youngblood, Tones and I, and The Kid Leroy. For more information regarding this episode, including weekly updates and more, head to our Facebook page at Lyrics of Their Life Podcast or our website at lyricsoftheirlife.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok and even YouTube and Spotify where you can find a range of playlists featuring the music of every artist covered in the Lyrics of Their Life podcast so far. If you really enjoy the podcast and would like to give back for the hard work that goes into it, it would be greatly appreciated if you could leave a 5 star rating and review on iTunes or you can now rate the podcast on Spotify. Don't forget to let your friends and family know about what they've been missing out on and feel free to click the free subscribe or follow button to the podcast wherever you listen so you can receive a notification every time a new episode becomes available. If you would like to support the podcast financially then please feel free to head to Patreon or buymeacoffee.com 
where you can contribute your support for the podcast in exchange for some bonus content, ranging from as little as $1 donations to really anything you like. Every bit of support is greatly appreciated, and it means I can continue to bring you more great episodes in the future. This podcast is created and researched completely independently, so your contribution would really help this podcast continue on. Once again, thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I'm your host Adam Hampton, and this is Lyrics of Their Life.